What's up, everybody, and welcome back to After Dragons. This is lucky number 13 in our creator interview series. And to celebrate that number, we're joined today by Brian Hawkins, an editor at Mad Cave Studios, but also the writer and creator of many projects, including Black Cotton from Scout Comics, Devil's Dominion from Black Box, Don't Ever Blink from Gnosis Entertainment, and recently Dark Watchers The Quarterly from Xenoscope. Um, he's also the writer and creator, I believe, of Dragonfly, a ongoing Kickstarter now with issue one completely funded and about 10 days to go at the time of the recording. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Quick note, I, I wish I could take credit for creating uh, Dragonfly, but I was brought on by Jay Sloan. Uh, he's a creator and I see. I'm the writer. I uh, see. Same for Devil's Dominion as well. So just... Fortunate to work on a lot of great, great content with a lot of great creators. So very cool. But so thanks those, for having me. Yeah, no, definitely, dude. It's awesome to have you on the show. I've been um, been seeing your work pop up here on the FOCs and upcoming comic books for some time. And really, when I first started the podcast, I was doing like a pregame rundown of comics releasing every week. And your book, Black Cotton, uh, along with Patrick Foreman was my first pre-order plug where I was basically looking way out in the distance and saying, all right, this, this is a book I want to keep my eyes on. So I think that Black Cotton was like first on the list there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome here. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah, and I've, uh, I've got my copy here, man. I, I gave it a read both digitally and physically. And uh, Oh, wow, nice. Dude, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I like the, the chance to explore some serious themes in the comic medium is just really open an open door huh absolutely absolutely um you know i was fortunate to link up with patrick uh we began this process um january of 2020 uh and uh it really went with you know we have a mutual friend who hooked us up luke wright um and we met for lunch and um and patrick was like man look i'm a comic book collector and i have this this idea um of a flip, like everything's reversed, even the cotton is black. And I was like, whoa, stop right there. That's the title. <laughs> and uh, from you that could just point on- hear it as soon as he said it, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, from that point on, you know, we just began to build out the concept and, um, you know, work on the vehicle that we're going to use to bring uh, this reversal. Um, to life with and uh we've been collaborating and working on it ever since it's such a great process and then of course you know Adam Marco and his magic and the rest of the team and then Scout joined in it's, it's been uh it's been great and Scout has embraced all of us um in the title and it's such a great family there so it's right did so Scout cool. uh so Scout found you guys after the project was kind of getting off the ground already yes so um so we were building the story we had um we had already started art um we didn't necessarily necessarily know which path we were going to take with it if we if we're going to uh kickstart it if we're going to just release it you know just self-publish it um and so um i'm i'm fortunate enough to be linked with uh, some great people at 
at, at Scout. Um, I know them, they know me. Um, one in particular is the CEO, Brendan. And uh, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Uh, we should pitch this. And Patrick's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, Scout's doing phenomenal things. Let's, let's see what they say. And uh, we sent it out and, and, and they liked it. And uh, we <laughs> ended up getting awesome. that email you know, welcoming us to the Scout family. And it's been us and Scout ever since. Hey, the history ever since, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Def definitely joining a line of excellent titles that Scout has oh. been, been putting out here. Finding both cr like creator-owned titles from Kickstarters and also new <laughs> submissions from pitches. With Frank at yeah. Home on the Farm, The Recount. There's oh. some, uh, some yes. gems coming out, as well as one released alongside your book, uh, Black Friday, um, yes, yes. Uh, which was also just an excellent title and uh, another good find here from Scout. I'm enjoying everything through them there. Yes, Scout uh, is phenomenal. I, I'm enjoying everything as well. I'm a <laughs> fan, so. Nice, <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. In your submission process, did you have one through six already completed or does the comic yeah. submission really happen earlier in the, in the workflow? It happened earlier in the workflow. Um, we had... Um, we had issue one um, in the bag uh, in, in, as far as concept, as far as outlining, as far as what the story is going to be, um, you know, we had that mapped out, you know, we had that map out, mapped out even mm -hmm. past this first volume. Uh, so, we, oh, wow. so yeah, yes, so that's there. The, the submission guidelines, you know, um, are like six to seven pages sequential art um you know synopsis and uh you know we just follow the guidelines and um again i was you know i'm fortunate to, to know a few people so we reached out and say hey you know we're we're sending this your way and you know and the response was okay you know we're on the lookout for it uh, and nice. um, get some heads yeah. up for it yeah it was nice it was nice and so you know it just everything came together, you know, the perfect universal plane. And especially uh, with, with the political escalation of everything yeah. in 2020, man, it's the book hit at a very impactful time, even more so for, for folks living in different areas or, you know, part of mm -hmm. different, different things here. It's a, uh, uh, a very meaningful book to see for sure. Having grown up in a very conservative town um okay. in kansas i had oh, definitely yeah. had my experiences where i was just like man if this was just flipped the other way i can't even i can't believe right. that it would be like this or that i'd even have to point some things out i'm just kind of weird experiences that uh i think that the premise of black cotton now affords you to really look at all those those scenarios or different kind of occurrences that can happen across society and kind of wrap them into one there it's a it's a really cool premise to see. I'm looking forward to one through six or kind of unfolding for us, huh? Thank you, thank you, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're excited to get it out there, so. Um, and happy that it's being received as, as, well as, as well as it is. And I'm really excited and thankful that, uh, that you've received it well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's great, it's humbling. I mean, Definitely, man, I think that um, you, uh, as a as a writer or with the, with the script, you handle the material very um, very well, right? I don't delicately is the right word, but I mean it seems like you tread on that line, right? Showing 
the the disparity a little bit, but also letting the reader kind of fill in some of the gaps just from some of the background images, right? Seeing the protests and the differences and things like that. It's a, it was a good project to dive into. Cool, awesome to hear, you know, that's what we, what we wanted to do. Um, you know, it's, it, it's really, you know, it's a, a journey of self-discovery for each reader. That's what we wanted, um, mm. you know, through perception and um, hoping to foster, uh, you know, individual understanding, you know, what, what you take into it and then what you bring out of it. Uh, so it's, it's great to hear that, uh, that, you know, you felt that. So that's cool. Definitely, man. Yeah. It uh, sounds like the story itself could have legs, huh? Beyond a first volume. Is that a hypothetical for now or, or reality? That is our plan. Um, you know, if things continue, you know, I mean, a lot of it is always dependent upon how well it does. Um, so, you know, if it continues to do well, um, we, we definitely have a volume two and a little <laughs> bit beyond volume two in mind. Oh, sweet. Uh, so, as a writer, yeah, so, are you are you always building way beyond the scope of the project in the background, even if it's even if it's a four part miniseries, you already know kind of where your hooks are for the next 12? <laughs> absolutely. So, like, you know, we want we wanted to have a beginning and we wanted to have an end. And while, you know, this storyline, this arc, you know, it will close at six, the you know, and there will be satisfaction for the reader there, you know, the 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 end for Black Cotton, like as a series, we already have in mind. We we know where we want it to go and where we want it to stop. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, we're hoping that we get a chance to run that full length to where, you know, it, it wraps it all up. Give it time, huh? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And some of those longer, longer running series can really explore the, the other characters and Absolutely. all sorts of themes, right? Yeah, yeah, a whole a whole black cotton universe, a whole black cotton reality. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank um, you. Thank uh, you. What do you think uh, as far as the next project? Uh, maybe one of the ones that uh, that you were also pulled in on as the writer. You mentioned that uh, Dragonfly was also one that you were involved with for the script side, and that's the one that's ongoing now on Kickstarter. Yes. Uh, so I was hired as. Um, the writer uh, by um, it, in a small press pub, um, Unparalleled Comics. Um, you know, they have two great franchises, I will call um, them with Stella Odyssey, um, where it's more like a space adventure. And then they have this superhero uh, universe as well um, that Dragonfly is a part of. Ah, cool. um, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And um, where you know they're not redoing uh what marvel and dc have done you know they're they have their own stake in the game for the indie community um mm -hmm. and it's really exciting you know to it was exciting it still is um you know to be a part of that that building of that universe and who dragonfly is and uh, and, and, and where he came from and, you know, how he's operating in this world. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it, it's funded, it's been um, well-received and, you know, I have a good relationship with the creator and one of the owners, uh, Jay Sloan, um, and the other owner, Ray, um, mm -hmm. you know, we meet up and we talk shop about 
you know, the two lane franchises and, uh, you know, they have some, some, some really neat and cool plans um, in place for unparalleled comics and kind of <laughs> I mean, where that, saying, where that hero universe is going or where that stage is, is being yeah. set. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it's cool. You know, I mean, it's, it's cool to see a universe being built, you know, within, you know, small press indie comics um, to have right. that continuity. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I'm so now that. Dragonfly will be added to the pantheon then of unparalleled superheroes. Absolutely. absolutely. Awesome. And uh, yeah. so were you basically given the kind of the outline of what kind of guy Dragonfly was or the story? And then you just run with it from there as almost a writing prompt from the script perspective, or did it start even broader and uh, you helped to create the Dragonfly and kind of the organic weapons legion? I did, I, I definitely did not um, get to create. You know, they definitely had map mapped out um, what the had, story would be. Huh? The 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 concept, the overall concept. Who are the characters? Um, you know, the initial interaction, basically the setup for, for his world um, and um, how he operates in the world. The mm -hmm. story, how it unfolds, um, you know, they gave me a lot of creative freedom in how to tell this first story arc. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and nice. So some of the the high like the high points or the tent poles or the set pieces, but you got to decide how the narrative really gets there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well said. That's yep. that's a really cool element of writing. It really reminds me of kind of the early days of creative writing when you would get like a, a picture mm -hmm. writing prompt or like a one word writing prompt and you have to tell a story off that almost, but just taken to the extreme because you're you yep. know, coming into their IP already, right? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm I'm very familiar with that. Great analogy. I I actually taught English for like 17 years. So okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So like, nice. so you gave that, you've given those prompts before, huh? <laughs> yeah, and now I get them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I always enjoyed those uh, taking it and just being like, man, what's the weirdest possible interpretation of this picture? I could I could turn a story <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just try to surprise the teacher. <laughs> yeah, like boom, here you go. Yeah, I yeah. bet you no one ever wrote this. <laughs> I think the the one example I remember was like a picture of a janitor in a hallway. And uh, mm. the story that ended up being written was like, he was some kind of superhero after Girl Scout cookies and it just got wild. But, you know, Ooh. starting from a uh, a single picture though, it's, it's, it's interesting to see what can be created. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. The creative man. process flow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, here's to more Dragonfly down the road then. It looks like it's a potential four-part miniseries by itself. Yes, yes. So I am um, I am beginning the script for issue four. So issue two and three are um, the script is, you know, it's turned in. Um, and I'm beginning four um, because, you know, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but four will tie into uh, a larger part of the universe plan. Ooh, uh, so interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, nice, yeah, cool. When you're working on these scripts, do you have a um, any methods that you use when when writing, or uh, templates that you prefer to stick to when you're lining out your scripts, as far as kind of description, panels, and things? Yeah. So, 
I'm a heavy believer in, in, in outlining and not outlining in the sense of like it, like really, really deep outlining to where um, like there's pages and pages and pages. But, you know, I, I try to do a, like a log line. I try to do an overview. I try to do a synopsis. And then I do like a, another overview of what each issue will be about um, mm. the key, the key players in it. Um, and then uh, I end up like writing out notes um, about each each issue. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, if there's something very important or unique or key that I want a character to say, then I might jot down that dialogue, just knowing that, okay, I need to use that because it means mm. this. Uh, and that helps to direct that also helps to direct, you know, oddly enough, the narrative. It reminds me like, oh yeah, that needs to happen. Kind of moving uh, so towards can, that. Exactly. Um, and from there, um, I go into scripting and- uh, So before you even get to describing a panel, there's several rounds of notes or kind of review. Yeah. You already kind of know the story you're about to tell. It's not looking at a blank page of panels and say, right. <laughs> and guessing. Cool. Right. And, and that's, you know, for me, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a learned process, um, you know, that has developed and evolved over time, like allowing the story to speak for itself, um, allowing the story to breathe and to have the, have a life of its mm. own. And the best way to do that, um, in, in my opinion, opinion as a writer, uh, is to spend time with it and to allow it to, um, allow it to grow hmm. um, and allow it to speak to you. Like if, and also it's important, like you have to figure out like what time of the day are you writing? You know, when are you fresh? You know, when- You gotta kind of find that spot. Exactly. Uh, and so, you know, I take, you know, several days of, of going through that writing process, you know, um, and I set, page markers like you know I'll, if, it's, if it's a 22 page script uh you know i'll work i i'll set a milestone to say okay i'm gonna work on page one through five today and i'm gonna mm -hmm. stop and i'm gonna stop because uh i want to be able to reflect i want to uh be able to look at what's there to uh go through it in my mind um and even when you're not actually writing you know you're off doing other things a walk or with family, you know, you're still subconsciously writing. And that's really where, you know, the creativity actually happens. It's not while you're writing. It's actually when you have already written and you step back and you're living. It's kind of that free um, association. Those projects are floating around in your mind as you're exactly doing your, your routine tasks and suddenly you get that light bulb moment, huh? Yeah. See, kind yeah, of see the yeah. pieces fit. Absolutely. And then you come back to it and it's fresh, you know, you have fresh eyes hmm. um, and you'll hear it. Uh, you hear the story speak, uh, and so it just begins to like unfold itself. To me, as a writer, you're more of a facilitator. You're more of a vehicle for the story. You know, it's it's not it's not completely yours. It's hmm. it's owned right. by itself. Rather than try to hammer it in place from the very beginning, right. one panel at a time, kind of let it become something first before you try to tell that story in comics, huh? Absolutely. Because when you start the script, it, it's not going to be 
the, the exact same thing that's in your notes or in your outline. You know, that the notes right. and the outline is just blueprints. It's just a form that is beginning to take. And it's just constantly, basically crystallizing more hmm. and more and more until it's what it's supposed to be. Kind of like a like the if you look picture like an iceberg right like all this outlining and everything is what's below the water and then the mm -hmm. final script is that piece that's on out of the water huh like that kind of That'll element be. there you go yeah <laughs> dude that's a really cool way to think about it also interesting to hear the kind of the time that you take with it or the more um just like living element that you have towards the writing it's not really sitting down at the desk and making sure that you're going to finish this script you know it's just kind of right. letting the writing come to you or looking back right as you go absolutely uh, absolutely cool and is that is that how your um creator uh, creator and writing owned uh projects have gone as well where you yes, actually create uh, or do you have a slightly different method when you're really boiling down the story well the only difference is like with the freelance work you know there's a deadline so you uh, know, there's only so you know I do have a window, uh, with a window like, of leisureness, of leisurely. Right, uh, but like with Black Cotton, like like you know we had the luxury of you know we weren't on a time crunch, so we were, um, hmm. we had that open time, open canvas to Explore. let things flow, <laughs> and for us to have like some really deep conversations, you know, hmm. back and forth. Um, you know, talking about the characters, talking about what their names mean, talking about um, different nuances of the story and our own implicit bias um, and, and, and trying to identify those things because of how open and how we wanted the story to not be uh, us. Mm. No, oh, so even the bias of, of you as the writer or of, of Patrick or anyone else on, on the project, really, trying not to get their, their experiences to kind of twist the narrative that you're presenting, huh? Exactly. It was very important for us to make sure that Black Cotton was not us on the soapbox, that Black Cotton is not, mm. is, is, is not us preaching. It's, you know, it's, not, it's not our implicit bias, but it's an honest look at uh, the human condition first and foremost, and which then leads to a look at social constructs, which then leads you to race, um, which is, you know, the log line itself, you know, it doesn't have anything with race in it. It's a social order of white and black. And that's mm -hmm. on purpose because, you know, human condition leads to social order. Social order leads to class systems. Within the class systems, you have like that racial that race vehicle uh so it was it, right it zooming kind of kind of you can zoom way down into that or exactly. or into other elements there within that social order classification right or even further out in that human condition one i think the way that you guys presented it man was uh it, it definitely came through that way very much that it wasn't you on a soapbox pounding a message or preaching it, it really felt like you know okay the stage is opening the curtains have gone what are we in for here? And then, okay, at the end, it's like we're waiting on the next issue. But it didn't feel, you know, now the writer, cool. the writer's hammering the 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 rhetoric or the ideology home as right. we've we've probably all read before when when writers can uh, get a little uh, flourishy in their writing. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm glad. I'm so glad that that came across. You know, 
And that's something that was very important to us for us not to be seen in the story, you know, for, mm. for the story to be seen and for the cottons to be who they are. And that's you know, the, uh, that, um, that flower approach towards narrating a novel, right? Not being seen at all, just presenting the world, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Very well said. Very cool to, to explore and, and hard to do, man. It's all, it's great to see it uh, done so well. Um, Thank you. There's a few other projects I wanted to talk with you about today. If, yeah. if we move into, how about we look, look at uh, Devil's Dominion, uh, recently oh. released through Black Box Comics. A slight yeah. publishing delay, but now number two is already uh, already released, and three and four are incoming, right? Yes, yes. Well, so two actually had a slight delay because uh, I believe Diamond as well, Diamond or the Printer, one of the two, and it's going to be in stores this Wednesday. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So, um, yeah, so hell, I guess, froze over. For the <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Unintended. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, yes. But after that, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's ongoing. So in March, you know, you'll get issue three and April four, five is uh, in, in, in May. And uh, I'll read the solicit here for Devil's Dominion number one real quick. It's Devlin yeah. St. Paul sold her soul to the devil to stop the horror being done to her by her brother. However, Devlin reneged on the deal and now uses her demonic powers to hunt others who are demon-possessed and have lost control of their lives. And uh, man, number one was action-packed for sure. I was getting kind of Spawn-like vibes from some of the art oh, cool. as well from uh, Rafael Forte. His, his yeah. demons and monsters are really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> so gifted. He's so, he's so gifted and, and, and a great guy too. Uh, nice. Great, great to work with. How did you, um, I guess we, we could backtrack and talk about the other projects as well, but when you, these teams come together on your side, are you pulling from folks you've worked with in the past or do you kind of look at resumes or find the right guy for the right story? What's your method on that team building side of things? So on the creator own side, you know, it's more so like artists that I know that I've come in contact with, um, you know, we, we look at, um, like style and, and what we want to present, you know, uh, the, the art is as much as, you know, even more important um, in the storytelling uh, so sometimes than words, you know, they all kind of go together, but uh, that's a unique thing about, about film and about the comic book medium is that visual representation. So you, so right. the vision of the, of the writers and the vision of the art the artists have to come together, uh, which is again unique about the collaboration. Uh, so with the creator own stuff, you know, it's, it's a, a pool of people I've been fortunate enough to link up with to know. Um, with the freelance, you know, it's it's more so the publisher is acting as the curator and you know, um, reaching out to find the best artists for that vision for that concept. Um, mm. Also, I've been fortunate enough to where, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm brought in on like the opinion of it based off of, you know, the story, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, I, with that, I try to um, give my opinion gently. Um, because <laughs> That's where your, your editing like, gloves come on, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, because I, I don't want to uh, 
I'm very, I, I like to be very respectful of the fact that I'm the writer um, mm. and, um, you know, and value the publisher and the creator's vision and view and what is their IP. Um, and so where I'm needed and where I'm wanted, I'm glad to be there and I will contribute, um, but I don't want to overstep, um, you know. It's, See, that's, it, it's, it, can that be hard, honestly, from the writer perspective where you've spent so much with the story? And I mean, in Devil's Dominion, one is unfolds brilliantly because we get that back story you. of Devlin very quickly. I, right. The traditional origin story sometimes can be so tired. I, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah kind of just you know let me know what I need to know as it's going and I think that it's a good example of that where we just kind of right into the action or um has a name in in fiction I forgot what it was called in media res or something like that yeah yes 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 I'm familiar um in media res I think yep yeah into the middle right we just got started (laughs) and yeah I'm sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say uh, how um how do you think your vision kind of mesh then or compared to the beginning when you got started with Devlin and all of Devil's Dominion towards this end product? Um, so again, I was, I keep using the word fortunate, but that's what it is. I was very fortunate uh, with the publisher, the creator, the owner. Demetrius really allowed me a lot of, again, creativity, a lot of leeway in how to unfold who Devlin is. And one thing mm-hmm. that like, I'm very much, like you, we've we've read and seen a lot of the origin stories, and I wanted Devlin not to necessarily start with this origin, but to start in the action, right? To start on, she's already in the journey and already doing something when we meet her, and right. so as she's going through the journey, we're going to peel back, like who she is going backwards while she's going forward, um, and and. You know, and he allowed me to to tell the story that way. Very um, cool. Yeah, which and, I absolutely love. And it's got a, some darker uh, elements to it, indeed. Uh, Devil's Dominion yeah. does as as she's hunting down these demons that have kind of lost um, lost the ability to control themselves. Yeah, whatever ability they had before, albeit limited, they're going a little bit crazy now. And we get some some glimpses of the kind of the kind of uh, characters that she's going to be running up against, and it's mm-hmm. it's going to be quite a dark, dark and gritty story. I think that we've got in front of us. Absolutely, spot on. It gets <laughs> it gets darker as we move on. So yeah. Oh wow, nice man. Yeah. No, it's um, it was a a a big opening issue. I think for for Devil's Dominion. Looking forward to see the rest here. The, oh, awesome here. Thank you for that. Then the covers are are all looking great. They really do have a kind of uh, the the creature uh, humanoids that Raphael is drawing here are just so good, man. They they've taken on a life of their own. <laughs> there's some similarities, but uh, like even between the the few of them, you can tell they're still like from the same you know creator, the same kind of demons, but taken on their own right. shape and form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit on that perfectly, and and you know. I don't want to speak on the uh, the philosophy, I guess, behind that or the meaning, but um, we we talked about like how the demons, you know, are a reflection of 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 us, 
to mm. a certain extent, you know, our emotions, our attributes, um, how we are all very similar, you know, as human beings, uh, but, you know, we all don't look the same either. And we all don't act the same. We all don't think the same. And so the demons are, uh, are a representative in, in how they look uh, of, of that. Like you can tell they're from the same, like you said, the same place, but they're, you know, they're not the same. And, and, and that's purposely done to reflect um, the variety and diversity uh, that exists, the individuality that exists, you know, in, in us. Right. And even in, in among the darker side of, of humanity, right? Because it's, it's kind of expressing their secrets and things. So it's Absolutely. good. It's pretty cool to, to see that side. How, how is it to tell such a wide range of stories? In, in the comic medium, it feels like as a creator, you don't need to stick to a genre where like as a novelist, if you come out as a sci-fi novelist and then try to tell a, a horror story, sometimes people, I feel like their reception is different, but in comics, it seems like you can just be creating uh, in general. Uh, is that how it feels on your side or is it, is it different to switch genres? I think you're spot on. I think in writing prose, you kind of get put into a box uh, hmm. or you can. I mean, there are, there definitely are authors that, you know, spring from that box, but I think that happens more often than not. Comic books, um, the comic book medium in writing, well, one, it's definitely my favorite medium, uh, you know, when it comes to writing. Um, and it's because of the freedom. It's because of, well, I'm very visual. So like when I'm writing, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it. And the fact that I get to write mm. and actually see or like to write something that I'm seeing, uh, it really, you know, it's therapeutic. It's, you know, it, it's, it's so just a part of me and me being um, who, who I am. And so it's this, it's this journey for me. Um, but comics in general just allows that that open world of creation where you know depending on the story you can go any way you want mm -hmm. um and i do think that it's it's just it's just something unique about that medium that allows people to just explore those different parts of themselves because you know, you're not all one thing as a human being. Right. Um, interesting. Interesting way to yeah. put it, right? Yeah. So it's it's almost unfortunate that some some of the artists can get boxed into like only creating a mystery story or only doing right. something when the, in reality they may be trying to do something else or or yeah. express that other side of them, right? That horror story or that kind of thing. Just if right. you look at the summaries of the books that we've discussed here, the storylines are just so so disparate right it's all across the yes. line of like reality or darkness or uh, you know seriousness it's it's crazy it, to see it keeps it interesting cool. right so you can always look at different different arenas and kind of absolutely. change the job <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah uh, the fourth one on the list i wanted to talk to you about was uh don't ever blink the from gnosis entertainment uh previously backed on kickstarter yes Awesome. Um, I, I gave the first issue a read and it was quite a thriller, man. Uh, <laughs> we got, awesome. we, we explored the darkness again a little bit and we yeah. got a, a serial killer uh, sewing eyes sh shut. So it was a, uh, <laughs> it was an, 
an eye opener for lack of better words <laughs> uh, for my morning. I see what you did there. I see <laughs> right? what you did there. My morning reading was uh, was dark and grisly. <laughs> <laughs> so how did don't ever don't ever blink or don't even? I'm sorry. Um, don't ever. Don't ever. Yeah. How did don't mm -hmm. ever blink um, get started, and how that process really go through the Kickstarter for you? So um, I'm a huge fan of self-publishing um and not just because you know i mean like that's how you normally start you know if you're a creator but only because like you know looking at creators like terry moore um you know who i'm a huge fan of and and just having that control and doing your own thing um you know with don't ever blink i was fortunate to link up with richard kemp um it's a story that I have been working on uh, script-wise and I had it planned out um, and I really didn't, like for a while, I didn't exactly know when I wanted to do it or mm. or with whom or, or how. Um, and it kind of began during the pandemic um, that he and I linked up and I pitched him the story because um, we had a mutual friend uh, who linked us and he loved it. Um, and so I began to, you know, talk it out with him, walk him through it. Uh, you know, we collaborated, you know, went back and forth on a few things um, and, and I began to edit and do some rewrites of what was already there um, uh, because, because I had put a fresh, uh, fresh yes. lens on it for you. Huh? Absolutely. Um, and when he began to do, to do the concept, the cool thing about this is like when, when like I, I had the issues written out and it was going to be five, like a five issue series. And when he put like the concept art to it, the first bit of concept art that changed like how I saw the story, because up until that point, I was writing, um, I was writing based off of how I saw Tinsley in my mind and how I saw the characters in my mind, uh, which is like this kind of like you see them, but they're also kind of shadowy. Like, right, you only see those few features that you think are enough for you to keep kind of exactly exactly doing what and you're so, doing right <laughs> exactly it's, it's so vast and it's you know it's, it's not it's it's not formed completely yet so mm. but when he created the concept art and i saw the concept from that point on when i went back into the story i saw his art so it, it was mm. such a unique thing to go from that unformed to that form um and uh you know we've been working together since that point um like he's like like my right hand. Um, and so we decided that we wanted to run this on our own. We wanted to kickstart it, to have control over it, uh, to have some fun with it. Um, and so we initially released one um, through a Gnosis brand, like my, my what is my self-publishing brand. Um, and in issue two, we did the same way. Um, but, you know, we've, he and I have evolved since then and uh, we've created 
um, a horror sci-fi fantasy brand uh, oh. called Pendulum Heart um, mm. that all of our um, joint creations, the stuff that we're gonna work on together that fits within uh, that framework of horror, sci-fi and fantasy, you know, we're going to put out through that that brand. Um, ah, and so very cool. Don't ever bring three, uh, you know, will have that pendulum heart brand on it. Um, he's he's just phenomenal, you know, he's phenomenal as a person. Uh, he's a writer himself as well as an, an, an artist. Um, um, one of the lucky ones as a yeah, right right <laughs> as a writer I cannot draw <laughs> me either you I can draw Bart Simpson that. that's it <laughs> yep hey some people would probably read it now with uh as, as long as you'd be writing the script too <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe um but yeah man uh so he's he's been great he is great um so pendulum and, you know, pendulum heart is the yes the brand then cool yeah uh we um we our website is up. Um, it's exactly what it is. Uh, pendulumheart.com. Um, we're also working on uh, a graphic novel of of Gatsby. We we mm. jumped on uh, the public domain front, and uh, we created a Le a Lovecraftian graphic novel, um, uh, re envisioning, reimagining. The classic. Um, it's called The Immortal Gatsby. Uh, we're planning on putting that out um, summer going into next fall. Hmm. Uh, so we're really excited about that. So That's quite a mashup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's so much fun. Like we've discussed it, you know, so like to no end. Um, he's already, uh, we did a seven page preview. So who, hmm. whoever uh, logs in and uh, subscribes to our mailing list. You know, we send them the seven-page preview, um, and he's done such a great, great job on it. You know, it's going to be a nice, cold black and white uh, with you know little gray tones, but it mm. has a, a very twenties Gatsby vibe to it. Um, and you know, nice. it's, it's about it's about Gatsby's daughter. Uh, so we've created character but we're we're paying homage and uh, we're very reverent to the nuances that that's that was in in Gatsby and uh, we're going to give some some rationale some uh, some occultic rationale behind some of the things that happened in <laughs> filling in some of the gaps with uh, Cthulhu exactly. mythos why not right just pack yeah, it in <laughs> yeah exactly exactly Nice, man. Well, uh, I know we're coming towards the top of the hour here. Uh, where can listeners find more about your upcoming projects and um, and other projects as well, as we didn't quite touch on the Xenoscope book oh. or, or your work with Mad Cave Studios, so we may need to do a part two uh, down the road, especially as these oh. books roll out on your side. I would love to do a part two. This has been great. Um, you know, I'm very active on Twitter and, and, and IG, um, some on, on Facebook. Um, IG, I'm under Brian Hawkins Writes uh, on, on Twitter. Um, I'm at Brian L. Hawkins. Um, we have a Black comic, Black Cotton comic page, uh, IG. Uh, we, uh, the Pendulum Heart website, we have a Pendulum Heart 
Facebook page. Uh, so if you look at any of those names or you search any of those names, they will pop up. Um, um, with Zenoscope, you know, it, it's been, uh, you know, real quick, you know, it's been such a great uh, experience with them. You know, I'm just really starting out with them, but uh, to have had the opportunity to write Gretel, um, you know, it's, that was amazing. Um, kind of take the reins artists. of one of the, the bigger characters there for them and add a little bit to her story. Yeah, huh? I mean, to, <laughs> to add to that, to add to that lore, to work with like the, the editors there who are phenomenal and the way that the artists work and they, they pump out such incredible, amazing, phenomenal art. It's, it's, it's been quite the process to see. And um, uh, I have a Van Helsing book that's going to come out on um, March 31st with them. Uh, so, you know, to for them to have put Van Helsing uh, in front of me to write a story for uh, was a, also an honor. Um, so, you know, in just seeing the art coming in for that has been incredible as well. And uh, I would- uh, Van Helsing know, Black Ennis, huh? Yes, yes. Um, awesome. I just saw yeah. a little bit of teaser art from that, maybe perhaps a cover, and uh, it looks like we're in for a treat, man. It looks, oh, <laughs> it man. looks awesome. It, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was a fun ride on that one. Definitely a fun ride. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it, it's just been great, you know. And of course, Mad Cave is family. You know, they they've taught me so much. Um, That's so smart and all of them. You've started with or have published through Mad Cave or written for them before I, start working as an editor, or was it kind of through other relationships there? Um, it was through editing. Um, I've been uh, there, the editor for three years, I believe. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's been such a great journey with them, the, the guidance, the trust that they put in me um, to work with, with different creative teams. Um, and it, yeah, it's just been, it's just been so phenomenal. Um, and they are phenomenal. Um, and and, and the, so much talent. So. With your editor hat on rather than the writer one, are you building these teams or getting the projects uh, are you getting like a prompt or kind of a writer who had submitted something and then working with them to really create that then with Mad Cave or editing right. more from a continuity perspective? So the teams, um, our EIC and the publisher um, hands off the teams that they put together. Um, uh, and from there, um, you know, you are like the lead editor on that team. Uh, I see. So, kind of project management almost, yes, huh? <laughs> yes. You know, and then so you start from like the very beginning of like what the initial concept is um, and how the how the writer fleshes out that concept. You know, you are supporting um, that writer. You're supporting uh, the, the story. You're supporting uh, the initial art and how it all comes together. Hmm. And so for me, you know, it, it really has been um, quite the experience, you know, to see, you know, from the writer perspective to the editor's perspective, it's, it's like watching it happen and you're kind of like, you're managing it, but 
you're not really in on the creative process, but mm. you're helping to manage the creative process and support it. So you get something else from it and you give something else also to it. Mm, it's uh, a different kind of it's... different kind of project to contribute to there. Huh? Yeah, like yeah. A, it, it, pa- a patron, almost like your your pa- your helping or yeah, teaching. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's cool, and it's you know it's 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 interesting balance because you know you have to take a step back, like you have to support, you have to learn how to support the writer, the creators, the artists, and the story without mm. putting yourself in it, um, which is, which on a broader perspective, I think does something for the human psyche and, and helping the ego, you know, to uh, remain intact and balanced. Uh, so it's, it's, right, it's without cool. trying to, without trying to kind of in, infringe or force that upon everything that exactly. you decide or everything that you do. Huh? Yeah. Exactly, exactly, so yeah, man. Very cool. cool. No, I'm looking forward to see what else comes from your desk, man, especially uh, seeing Mad Cave and now the Zine Scope involvement. And I'll be sure to check the solicit here for Van Helsing Black Anus when we wrap up. And uh, awesome. Awesome. Keep, thank you. keep talking the books as they come out. Uh, thank you again for joining the show here. And as always, guys, thank you for listening. You can find the news, reviews, and interviews on AfterDragons.com. And I'm on Twitter at AfterDragons underscore. Thank you.